Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here alongside Ethan Cardwell. Cards, you live to be a Barry Colt another day. What's going on, man? <laughs> You're such a little rat, man. Um, no, just chilling. Um, I'm actually, we're both tired. Um, currently 7 in the morning. Got to do this before I hit the uh, hit the gym with the boys before practice. So just... Uh, just grinding. Um, going to be a ton of games here in the second half. I think we have like 43 games or something in like the next 85 days or like wow. maybe less than that. So it's basically just like try to keep your body in as best shape as you can. And then when you're playing, I don't know, just grind it out. Don't get hit. You're going to be sore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legit, man. I And it's crazy because we hadn't played in like a month, right? So I'd never been like the type to get sore after a hockey game. And we played back-to-back nights this weekend. And, and I woke up on, on our day off and I'm like, holy crap. Like, am I getting older or is it the time off? Because I felt like a wood board, <laughs> man. I was so stiff. I was hurting all over and I was so confused. So I'm going to go have to get some treatment today to make sure that's uh, taken care of. Yeah. I remember the one... I only played one three and three in junior. I mean, in minor hockey, we've all done like the tournaments where you play like five games in one day and stuff. But um, I remember everyone was telling me like, oh, you're you're going to hate your body like after this weekend and all that stuff. Like it's going to hurt all that. I was like, whatever, like I could play three games, you know. And all of a sudden, my whole body was just sore, like head to toe. And especially in the league I was in where I'm probably taking like 40 hits a game and giving 40 hits a game, you know. <laughs> Just grinders out there, buzzing. I mean, every every play, like someone's finishing their hit. It it's uh anyway. Um, do you want to talk about the the trade deadline? I know, like the the deadline's passed. There was rumors going crazy that you were getting dealt, and um, we can get into some of the moves that got that happened. But how how did uh, that go down for you? Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about some around the league and stuff, and yeah, kind of address like yeah, you know, like trade deadlines, like a it's a weird time of year, obviously. Um, You kind of find a home in a place where you start to play, you get comfortable, your billets, like you're comfortable around the guys. Like it just like everything's set in stone. It almost feels like, and then all of a sudden in like the week leading up, everything's kind of up in the air and you don't know where you could be going. So yeah, you can't, you you never know what's going to happen really. And uh unless unless you're the one holding the cards then then you don't make those decisions so I was just kind of sitting tight obviously you can't not see everything on Twitter um bunch of rumors going around you kind of get the eyes in the locker room a little bit too like if a tweet comes out like oh like rumors and then everyone's like looking at me to like tell them like what I know I'm like <laughs> like I don't know anything um I'm just here to play my game and uh if anything happens I guess I'll deal with it when it comes but no it was uh it was all right I, I mean I got traded the deadline before so I was kind of like I I've kind of known how to dealt deal with it a little bit so I think this one was a little bit smoother for me than than last one and just just try to put the phone away stay off Twitter as much as you can and just things are going to work out so yeah I remember we talked to Cole Perfetti about it in episode 21 where you know he was playing for Manitoba in the AHL at the time and you know being their Winnipeg's top prospect and it was right before the trade deadline when we had him on if you remember we were asking like you know was there any talk of you like you hear rumors and stuff and because you know at that point you know he can get traded by his NHL team and um, even you can which is a little crazy you know <laughs> yeah legit but uh it, it's interesting it's definitely a, a crazy crazy time of year so I mean let's talk about what went down in Barry I mean I guess the week before Oscar Olison, who we just had on the podcast got traded and then uh it's kind of like at least from the fans perspective it was like panic mode and Barry they everyone's like they're selling uh like what what's going on in the locker room for that yeah like you know, there's lots of speculation on what you want to do with things when something happens. Like, I don't know, people can view things in all certain types of way. Obviously, I was pretty upset 
um, to see Oscar go is he is one of my closer buddies on the team and uh, we've had a great relationship, but you know what, he's going, he's going to Oshawa. So it's, it's my hometown actually. So I'll be able to see him a few more times. Anytime we get a day off, I typically like to go home and stuff. So I can uh, hang out with him then and uh, try to catch up. But you know what, it, it, it was a, it was a little bit sad in the dressing room. You know, the boys are going to miss him for sure. Um, I think all the guys liked him a lot and we just wish him the best with Oshawa and uh, just hope that he doesn't beat up on us and uh, we give him the beating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm just trying to think like, well, obviously McDonald comes into Barry. So yeah, you know, he, he isn't like, I guess the difference, he's a good player, but Olison's a first round pick and he's a seventh. Is that right? yeah yeah dex is like he's a different player too if you like i have a lot of respect for for how he plays it's almost similar to a guy like gelsma on our team like just guys who like skate non-stop tireless workers not the biggest guys but they'll run around out there and hit guys so it's uh it's a good energy buzzsaw to have for a team who's uh gonna try to make a uh, playoff run and you were on a line with him right yeah it was him and i uh uh, the other day how'd that go it's all right i finally uh put some goals in the net for the first time and it feels like what forever but uh no yeah, it, it was I, had, I was i had that uh, like two two goal games so you think you found the scoring touch maybe a little nerve settle after the deadline new line like maybe that's helping out yeah i mean you know i i talked to it with coach marty obviously and just said like if he never gives up on a goal scorer, like, I don't know if I'm going to consider myself a full on goal scorer yet, but um, he's just said, you know, like goal scorers go in these kind of droughts and you just got to stay patient, bide your time, just put in the hard work, the extra effort and, and things will start to come. Just try to be in good areas, work hard, get your nose dirty in front. So for me, it was a lot of just focusing on practice habits, just, just being my best in practice to, score goals there so it can translate to the game and then you know trying to get it off your mind as well so I mean I I got our video coach so listen to this one so we got it we got a video coach and his name's Zach and nobody really knew him like till like probably like three weeks ago he, he kind of stayed to himself like would just sit at the front of the bus and stuff and then he uh he butted Porco in line at Tim's so it's just a massive uproar from the boys. So we were giving it to him and, and now we got a great relationship with him. So I'm like, I'm sitting there in the locker room. I'm like, listen, oh, like I, I haven't scored. Like, l- let's change something up. I go, Zach, here's the stick I want to use. Do whatever you want with the tape job. I don't care. And I'm going to use it and we'll see what happens. So he gives me like the, you know, the Ryan Johansson tape job. No, from Nashville and, and for the listeners who don't either explain it so he leaves a little bit of the heel open starts mm. the tape job with thin white and then wraps it about five times and that's it so it's just a little thick like in the middle that's oh that's, it. I hate that so if you uh, yeah same there's no way you use that did you swear to god bro go look at the clips on my goals it it was hilarious it was tearing apart and stuff so then I score and I was trying because there's no fans, right? So I'm finding them. I'm like pointing at them from the bench. And then sure enough <laughs> to get the second one too, it was pretty nice. So, I mean, I guess uh, I'll have to stick with that TJ for a little bit, uh, even though it's uh, a little questionable. That's insane. Oh yeah. my God. Have you ever seen, uh, I think it's JQ Birdie on Niagara. He just got traded somewhere, but uh, have you seen his tape job? No. He has one small strip maybe like the size of my finger, just like in the middle. And that's it, like sideways, not up and down. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been like one to really change up my tape jobs too much. And I actually, this is another funny thing, because I always talk about this with people, like some guys that like, obviously with Yetman and stuff, like when he came on the pod, like he's a type of guy who like picks up on those things like knows what guys use for tape jobs like mm-hmm. their curve and everything and like if you asked me Allenson's tape job I sit beside the guy in the room I have absolutely no idea <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> I'm more like the just like stay in my lane type of guy just figure it out of my own game it's it's funny how Doug Wilson Jr. noticed that with Yetman in the interview 
that he's uh, any quizzed him in Yetman Pass and can name everyone's everything in the NHL. So pretty cool. But um, as far as goals, oh man, goes, that yeah. wasn't um, that wasn't that was Yetman. Yetman who could name it all. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. No, it, it was. wasn't. It was. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was it? It was. Um... Oh shit! It was Yetman. No, it was a guy who didn't get drafted by the Sharks. It, it wasn't Yetman. We said this it was, was Yetman in the interview. Yep. No, it wasn't him, man. It was um, it was Jack Beck. It was Yetman, it, man. It was Jack Beck. And mark my words, go look at it right now. Okay, okay. Okay, it might have been Jack Beck. <laughs> it was. Because remember, we were we were like, oh, yeah, Becker, like, when we talked to, like, Doug. Okay, Keith, yeah, yeah, it was Beck. It was Beck. Yeah, that's yeah, what right. I thought. But... That one's on me. Sorry, Yevon. <laughs> um, and sorry, Jack Beck, who uh, who I actually spoke to recently as well. Um, I also, I called Porco yesterday. You mentioned Porco. We, we talked for, like, 45 minutes. It was funny. We were saying how every time he's been traded, he's played his previous team the first game back. Yeah, he uh, wasn't fortunate enough to get the shootout winner like he did last time he got traded. But um, yeah. no, it, was good, it was good to see him. And actually, bold statement by Porks. He's wearing number 37, the first to do it since uh, brother of the podcast, um, Nick Suzuki. Ah, yeah. Okay, that's a pretty <laughs> sacred number in Owentown. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's letting yeah. him know. It was funny because I'm calling this guy. <laughs> And his phone is cutting out every second. He's like, oh, I'm in Owen Sound. Like, my phone, I have no service. Like, <laughs> so Man, fun. it kind of seems like the battles we've had to try to get these podcasts rolling sometimes with my uh, questionable <laughs> Wi-Fi and service out here. Yeah, we, we've been making it work. Anyway, I, I did want to say, just going back to you scoring goals and stuff, and then we can keep moving forward. But, you know, you've noticed this. I'm sure you've seen it with your teammates. I notice it with my guys that, when when you break the slump, you get one, you get two. They come in bunches, man, and you know it. So like, I'm I'm expecting you to start scoring because <laughs> you don't have to think about it going into every game now. Like you just got two goals, you can relax, and and maybe the next one will come. You know, a lot of it is pretty mental. Oh yeah, I think like a lot of people don't give the mental side of the game in hockey enough respect. Like it is completely mental. And you talk to all these NHL players and even LT in the interview that we have later coming to you. Like you got to kind of get rid of superstitions or things in your head that are going to bug you um, with your on ice performance and just go out there, be free. Just like, yeah. And I always say this, but it's so true. Like you're, you're in this level for a reason. You're where you are in the lineup for a reason. You're, you have what you have coming to you in life and in hockey for a reason. So just there's no point in stressing over the little things. Just go out there and make big things happen, you know? Yeah, and that, that's a perfect time to tee up LT, our, our guest this episode, Logan Thompson, because, you know, you want to talk about stress-free. This guy, was when he was at Brock, we talked about it. You know, he's going up to the bar the night before the game, enjoying the school life, and then getting shutouts the next day, right? So this guy was just stress-free, living his best life. And, and look where he is now. He's backup goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, got in, got his first NHL start the other night. We talk about it all. Um, it's an interesting one because he's played in the, he's played in U sports. He's played in the ECHL, the AHL, and now the NHL. So a guy who has all sorts of perspective on hockey and, um, you know, even talked about how he had given up on his NHL dreams at one point. So it, it's a cool one. I'm, I'm excited for this one to get out there, but. Um, and, and I just want to pipe into, uh, this isn't Rask and I, uh, encouraging people to go to the bar before games <laughs> or for, for young players to be out past curfew before games now listen to your coaches do, do what's right but uh, if you happen to be uh an oddball who can pull it off like lt good for you i guess <laughs> yeah he he made it work man um but uh we get into it it's, it's a couple of funny stories with him and he's just another good western boy like we we talk about um yeah so can't go wrong with those western guys but i mean we have a big announcement cards. Um, I guess we by the do. time that we uh, this podcast airs, everyone will know. But let's, let's flip it to you. You go for it. Yeah, I mean, everyone who follows us on social media already knows this, but um, we've started up the Showbound Foundation. Um, it's going to be a charitable foundation where Rask and I try to get hockey equipment and league fees in the hands of 
people who may not be able to afford it at this time. And, you know, we kind of started this movement um, just to, just to be able to give every kid the chance, you know, like the point of the showbound podcast is, is to make it to the show. Uh, all these players that we have on are hopefully potentially showbound one day. So I don't think it's fair for one kid or a few kids in this world not to have that opportunity to be showbound one day. So our slogan is for the stars of tomorrow. So we're going to try to do everything in our power to give these kids the best opportunity to succeed and um, make these memories that last a lifetime that uh, you can build in hockey. What do you have, Rask? Yeah, that was really well said. Yeah, I just want to chime in that, like, obviously hockey is an extremely expensive sport, one of the most expensive, if not the most. So not every family is able to put their kids into hockey and stuff. And even I had friends growing up, like, um, a couple that were like, you know, especially as you move up in levels of hockey, like maybe they can get equipment, but they can't afford to pay for their single A or double A fees. Right. Cause you know, when you make the jump from house league, all of a sudden it's a lot more expensive. And, um, if a kid's good and, and that hinders them from moving up the ranks, like that, that's tough. Cause that could be a future NHL player, a future college player, you know? Um, so we think it's time we have enough of a following that we're able to use the platform to give back and, you know, I guess I'll, I'll ask our, our listeners if they can share it, maybe a repost or a retweet on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, help spread the movement. And um, you'll, uh, you'll see in the video that's being posted, I guess, a little more on how to donate and what's coming. We, we got like an auction in the works with some former guests of the podcast sending in jerseys and we'll get maybe a couple of things from Barry and I don't know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll raise some money through an auction. We'll give, get some cool prizes and, it's exciting. So, you know, stay tuned for more on that. And I guess we're just appreciative that we're in the position to be able to do this and be able to give back. So we want to thank all the, all the listeners and viewers for that. Um, and I mean, we'll, we can get into like one headline there. We've been going a while, so I don't want to get, we don't have to dive too far in cards, but um, maybe one we can talk about just, I guess some of the OHL trade deadline stuff that we didn't talk about, like Jack Thompson, Going to the Sioux, we got McTavish right. on the move. Do you want to just give us a little roundup, maybe? Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest deal is made. Um, McTavish to Hamilton, obviously, they're going to be a good team now. Um, or not now. They've always been a good team, but that just adds depth. And they picked up uh, Jack Eye, if I'm saying it right, from uh, Kitchener as well. He's a he's a big, tough stay at Like, not actually stay at home. He's a point-per-game defenseman, too, as well. He's a murderer uh, appreciate- as well. Yeah, <laughs> literally, but um, yeah, so not not a guy I'm looking to fight, but, uh, you know, they're going to be a big, strong team and uh, going to be physical and uh, tough to play down the stretch here. So Hamilton's shaping up well after the deadline. And yeah, Sudbury, we all kind of expected Jack to be traded, former guest of the pod. And he goes to the Sioux on a on a deep Sioux team that uh, looks like they could set up for a run in the Western yeah, Conference, joined really by good. another guest of the pod. We have Rorky up there. So those two could be dangerous on the back end, playing together a lefty and a righty combo. So You I'm think they'd play for- together? I don't know, man. That'd be a dangerous number one pairing. It would be maybe dangerous for them on the back end. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no they're good defensively, but they're both gambling. Yeah. They're both so offensive, so I wonder if they uh, stick a defensive guy with them, that's all. Yeah, it won't matter. They'll just be in the ozone the whole time. I know, they would be. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm trying to think here. I mean, Stillman, who I think uh, we're going to get on in the offseason, uh, Chase Stillman, okay. just got traded to uh, the Peterborough Peets. Yeah. Uh, kind of a weird deal. I wasn't sure if, like, what the Peets were doing. They get rid of McTavish, bring Stillman in. I that think was my just question. Trying... Like, why, why would they do that? I think they're trying to set up for next year. Like he's an 03. I think they assume he'll be back and they have uh, Avon there, uh, Robertson. And um, the list goes on of a few young guys they have, or not young guys, but middle-aged men. <laughs> they probably could have moved Sproul if they want to set up for next year. Yeah, they, they, they probably could have, but I think they want to stay in the mix here this year while also getting everything they could for McTavish. Cause maybe get the guys some playoff experience and then go on the run next year. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you survived. You're, you're still a Barry. You're close. And um, I mean, yeah. So exciting time. Barry's going to go on, continue this run and 
Anything else here before we flip it over to LT? No, I'm a Colt, and uh, that's that. And uh, just right. looking forward to getting you guys this uh, interview. And uh, if you everybody could go check out the Showbound Foundation, I think we're going to start up like a little, uh, um, a little site where we can set up donations and stuff too. So that'll be live. We'll get more to you guys on this stuff in next week's episode. It's, it's live well. now, but it needs a bit of work too. But it's live. Mm-hmm. Yes. Showbound, it's showbound.weebly.com right now. We're going to get rid of the Weebly once we can make a little money. <laughs> we need uh, we need some former guests of the pod to be throwing some dough on there. Yeah, maybe maybe Tiff. He's been in the NHL the longest. Or we get Ryan Strom to throw, throw a couple mil. Yeah, Nate Thompson, you know. Yeah. Shrimpy. Like, we got some guys who could throw some cheese down. <laughs> hey, Robert Thomas. Robbie Thomas, NHL champion. Mitchell Stevens, two-time cup champion. Yeah, we I don't know. I always draw blanks with this stuff. Like we have, like I always forget how many people we've actually had on here. It's crazy. Yeah. I know sixty episodes. This is sixty right now. Let's go. All right, let them hear our sixtieth guest. Yeah. Okay. And now we'll send it over to Logan Thompson. All right. We're pleased to be joined now by Logan Thompson, LT. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. You got a you got a couple new tats or what? Yeah, I got a couple more. I think since uh, since I left Brock, for sure. Yeah, Chopin will do that, eh? Um, <laughs> you uh, you just got your first NHL start for the Vegas Golden Knights goalie, by the way. For those who don't know, um, can you tell us all about that? Like, I want to know when you found out you were going to get to start and everything kind of leading up to the game. Uh, I found out the day before the goalie coach told me. Uh, um, just at practice said um you know do some video you're gonna play tomorrow and uh really excited for you and and just you know do some film on Forsberg and and that was about it and went out and practiced and um yeah the next day you know we had the game against Nashville and and uh, it was a cool experience uh, it would have been more fun to get the two points but um it's just how hockey hockey goes sometimes yeah did you uh have enough time to get your family down there uh, yeah, yeah. No, I was able to get my dad down there. The uh, the team was really good about that. They flew him down. I got him tested right away, so he was able to make it. Nice, man. Oh, that's cool, dude. Everyone at, at Brock obviously was talking about it. Um, I guess for those who don't know, LT was uh, played a year for Brock University. We'll get into it in a bit, but that's where I met him. So pretty cool from Brock to this show. But um, one one thing I always like to ask goalies. We've had a couple goalies on the podcast, but. Um, just going back to when you were younger, how old were you when you started to, well, how old were you when you started playing goalie? Oh, I think I was nine or 10 ish. I think that's kind of when I, when I realized that I, I should be a goalie and, and liked a lot more and, and decided to stick with it. It's kind of, kind of the age I chose. Now, I think I've asked you this one before, but what, if you can refresh my memory, it was the pads that got you into goalie, right? You like the style? Yeah, it was definitely the pads. Yeah, that's uh, that's how it started. It was just they looked cool. You're you know the coolest looking guy in the ice. I, what I thought back then. Now I think uh, it's changed a little bit. And I mean, we're gonna kind of go through your whole career here and uh, touch on all the bases. But you started out in the WHL guy from out west. So Rask has had a track record of saying our, our western guys are our nicest guests on the pod. So hopefully that <laughs> continues today. And uh, but you, you played for the Brandon Wheat Kings in the WHL. And uh, I just want to know, how was that adjustment to, like, major junior at age 16 as a goalie? Uh, yeah, it was different. Um, you know, I got drafted there, and I had no idea the uh, the Wheat Kings were even a team or, you know, where they were out in the middle of nowhere in, in Brandon, Manitoba. But uh, me being from Calgary, a big city, I was, you know, excited. And when I got out there, I fell in love with the city and, and – uh, you know, I got, I was thankful enough to play, you know, four years there, I got to win a championship. So um really thankful for that opportunity and the people I met there and in the organization and, and in the city, it was an awesome place and it could have been, could have been worked out better. Yeah. I've always been curious. So like, do you guys get really good fans there? Cause it's such a small area. Yeah, no, we were, we were definitely getting a lot of good crowds there. Um, it being a smaller town, you know, people live and breathe the Wheat Kings and we were at the time, the only team in Manitoba. So um, it was uh, it was a really good uh, fan base we had, and we were you know a very strong team for you know three of the years that I was there. Yeah, and you just touched on winning a championship there. Um, so yeah, winning any sort of championships unreal, especially a major junior title like that one. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience, like the playoff run, and then being able to go to the Mem Cup? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was just thankful to be there. 
Um, you know, I was the backup goalie, my goalie partner, Jordan Perny at the time, um, you know, who I'm really still to this day, really good friends with, uh, you know, was, you know, had an outstanding career. So I was just, you know, happy to be his partner and got to play with some special players, Proveroff, Powerluck, Quenville, um, Nolan Patrick. Um, so yeah, we, we had a really deep team and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and then, you know, we, uh, you know, the WHL was exciting, obviously, but it was another thing to go to the Mem Cup. And, you know, we got to see players like Kachuk and Marner and, and all those guys and with the London Knights. So, yeah, it was definitely all in all a cool experience. And, you know, I, I got some time in uh, in playoffs there against the Red Deer series and a little bit of playing time uh, against the Mem Cup or in the in the Mem Cup against London. So, you know, it was definitely a cool experience and something I'm going to remember forever. Yeah. What, what year was that? 2016. Okay, so where was the Mem Cup that year? Uh, Red Deer. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, that's unreal. Yeah, and we had uh, we had Braden Schneider on the podcast a while ago, but teammate of yours. So um, he's also one of those really nice Western guys. And uh, I, I said last week, LT, I said who did, who do we have last week? Why am I drawing a blank card? Oh yeah, um, Tristan Robbins, who's uh from out west, and yeah. he was like so nice, man, and. It, I said after the interview, like all the Western guys we've had on have just been so nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and LT is no different cards and, and for the listeners, but um, actually one quick one, just before we get into Brock and all that coming from Calgary, a big city, going to Brandon, a, a tiny little place. How was that adjustment for you off the ice? Just living wise. Yeah. I mean, there really isn't, isn't much to do, or at least when you first get into Brandon, you're not too sure what to do. Um, but, you know, luckily we had a good group of guys and, you know, a lot of guys played the video games, you know, Fortnite was big back then. So we all got in the Ford and, and it was a good time. Like I said, it, we bonded really well and we'd find things to do. And um, yeah, it was just, just a small town, you know, country, you know, lifestyle out there, but um, you know, I loved every minute of it. Yeah. I'm still keeping the Fortnite train going. Me and Sandbrook are going at it all the time, even right before this podcast, but <laughs> I don't, um, oh God. <laughs> get, get into the Brock stuff. Um can you tell us about your decision to come to Brock? I mean, you were from out West and nowhere near Brock. So why, why did you choose Brock? Um, yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to, you know, change in scenery, um, you know, all the scouts and, and all the schools, you know, watch me play being, uh, you know, in the WHL. So I wanted to, um, yeah, just, just mix things up. So I wanted to go to Ontario and, and give that a try and you know, a whole new, group of uh, scouts and teams and, and I've never, never even been to Ontario at the time. So I just wanted to, to change it up. And uh, I loved living in St. Catharines. It was a really good time. And, and I loved it up there. Love Brock yeah. university. Oh yeah. It's interesting. I didn't know you had never been to Ontario. Um, now I overheard Bergie saying this, I don't know if it's true, but um, did you Uber eats every meal while you were at Brock? Yeah, I was a big, uh, big pizza guy. So I'd always do pizza, <laughs> pizza and beer and video games. It's kind of my go-to. <laughs> yeah, lifestyle's changed a bit since, uh, since Brock. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, Uber Eats every day. He was, and Bergie would never cook for me. So he, uh, he didn't help me out much. Yeah, well, you're lucky you got the show pay now to kind of pay, pay that back. That's not just, just fuel the addiction more. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. Um, so on the ice, you lit it up at Brock, like set the record for wins, like career wins for our program, for your, for a goalie, like everything, OUA West goalie of the year, like all, all those ones. So how'd you find it on the ice that year? Uh, it was good. I mean, we were, uh, you know, I think it just speaks volumes of our team. Um, I think we had a really, really good team and especially the decor that year, we had a lot of bets and, and brought in a lot of good young, um, young players as well, you know, with Wally. And I thought we, we just really gelled and the, you know, the team actually made my life really easy. And I think if, uh, it wasn't for, you know, with how strong of a team forward and decor we were, I, I wouldn't be here today without, without them. Uh, I love to hear that now, um, <laughs> cards, you're going to love this. And I, I mentioned it briefly with, uh, when we had Braden Schneider on, but uh, LT, I hope you're okay with me saying this, but the first night, uh, or the night before our first game, I, I, I'm going out to the bar because I'm not playing. And I, I run into – you're laughing because, you know, I run into LT at the bar and he's starting the next day, right? Um, and and he's, he's like, whoa, Raskin, like, don't worry. Like, I'm not drinking. You know, he was there with the scratch. He's like, I'm just driving these guys home and stuff. Like, and I was like, man, like, if you play well tomorrow, I'm not going to care or say anything. And you're like – you know what? Like I, I, I'm leaving at 12, all that, taking them home. And I, I did this in junior. I'm doing it here. I'm going to do it at the next level. And sure enough, 
you know, probably got a shutout or gave up one goal and continued to do it and obviously set the wins record. So <laughs> that was a question <laughs> Brock. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I obviously thought, and I, I think I, when I've talked about with other people, like that's kind of how I fell in love with the game. I think I was just having fun when I went to, went to school there. And um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I was driving those guys home, but I, I was still wanting to go out and have fun and, and enjoy, you know, enjoy that. So kind of what I did and, and kind of just stuck with it and would always, you know, me and uh, the cause would always have fun. So um, just, just tried to stay loose all the time. Obviously I don't do that anymore. It's a little more, more at stake now with my, with my job, but um, yeah, that was back when, when I obviously didn't know kind of where I was at with my hockey career and it was just trying to find my way. And luckily things worked out. And it was working, man. Like you were the best goalie in the league by far. So, you know, if you, you might as well keep it going. Now, another funny bar story, just to speak to how nice of a guy LT is. Uh, <laughs> this was, you had went to Washington Capitals camp at the start of uh, our Brock season. And I didn't really know you, like you, you know, you practiced with us two or three days. I met you there and then you went off and, and you came back. I think it was first night you came back and I was at the bar and I was talking to this girl at the bar and I ran into you at the bar and LT comes up to me and he's like, Hey, you're asking. I'm like, Oh, Hey man. And I introduced this girl to him that I was talking to. And he's just like, Oh, Raskin's told me so much about you. Like he doesn't, you know, like being this beauty wingman. And I just met this girl like five minutes before, by the way. And she's like, yeah, like I don't even know him yet. But that's just the type of guy LT is like awesome guy wingman. I didn't even know you at that point either. It was like the day I met you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember that stuff. I was just trying to put in a good word I'm trying to help you out. Couple good bar stories actually from Brock, but we we gotta we gotta keep it moving. Just uh, one more that I have to bring up, and uh, I just have to humble brag myself that I sniped on LT right over the blocker, <laughs> fifteen feet away, no traffic, no screen, just ripped in a tournament. You remember that one, LT? And, the and then he goes and pouts in the locker room. You were just crying in the dressing room after. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what happened. Yeah, okay, at the three on three tournament, right? Yeah. I don't think it was you that sniped it. I think it was one of the girls that sniped on me. I don't think it was you. Oh, I come on. Yeah, I don't think it was you. <laughs> I think you took I'll credit for someone one. else's goal. I'm I like a man, shooting You percent probably percent. took credit for Amanda's goal, and right. you just took credit for it. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that one forever. 100% shooting percentage <laughs> on you. But, but Cardsy, I'll flip it over to you. Keep it rolling. Yeah, for sure. And, like, <clears throat> just kind of talk about the rest of that season. Like, obviously, you got sick or ask, so, yeah. You had to get out of Brock and you, you went to the coast to play for Adirondack. So how, how was that for you finishing up the year there? I loved it. Um, it was just the only, only opportunity that kind of I had. Um, and, you know, Alex Lowe and the Adirondack Thunder were, you know, they were going through some injuries and they were really happy to take me. And I, that was probably, you know, that and Charles, I've only played at, you know, two places on the coast, but I, you know, I loved every minute of it and, and would, play for those guys again if if I had ever had to or got to, you know and um but yeah no a lot of fun the fan base was good there you know we had a strong team and and I just enjoyed it and, and it was a split in the door which is kind of all I needed yeah for sure and I, I'm sure you've been like kind of keeping up to date obviously being a uh U sports alumni and all that stuff with like a lot of guys are going to the coast right now signing and just like just wanting to play right so like I'm hearing a bunch of different things on like it's harder and then like this is different and that. So for you personally, how was the adjustment to pro from uh, from U Sports? It, it was it was fast for sure. I mean, it, it was a lot faster. I think CIS hockey was a little little more structured. Um, you know, you get more coaching. I find uh, down in U Sports, um, just more time off and, and more practice days is kind of I think what it is, and less guys coming in and out. I mean, the coast is always your lineups changing every day. Um, with call-ups and, and guys leaving so stuff like that but um, you know it, it's a it's a hard league um, I think it's you know when people talk about the coast I don't think it gets enough respect same with new sports hockey um, you know the, the coast is a, is a really hard league you got to go down there and you've got to grind it's and uh, you know you, sometimes you got to fight and, and, and but it's a lot of skilled players and a lot of players that you know necessarily don't get opportunity but um, but yeah it's a really fun league and, and it doesn't get the respect it deserves. Now I just want to jump in cards because you mentioned that you got a fight. I don't know if you know this cards, but LT got in a goalie fight when he was in the coast. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, no, we were, uh, I think I was up to nothing with like eight minutes left and, uh, McNiven off uh, Jacksonville wanted the, wanted to fight me. And I at first said no. And then he, uh, just kind of 
auto shed and I, so I had to cause I didn't want to look like a, like a, so I <laughs> took my gear off and, and fought him. <laughs> that's unreal. That's, that's good jam, especially as a, like a rookie in that league, probably uh scared shitless, but you got to do what you got to do. And you you did play an AHL game that year too. So tell us, tell us about getting the call kind of your first taste of, of the AHL and uh, Ras kind of had written down for me here to ask about uh, the Zamboni that night. Yeah, no, I, uh, so at the end of uh, Adirondack, they, they kind of told me that they uh, were getting two guys back on NHL contracts. So they were you know, letting me go and, you know, that's part of the game, but they, they said that, um, you know, Binghamton wanted to call me up for the rest of the season and, and give me a game. So um, I luckily got the opportunity there and, you know, didn't have the best game. I think we lost five, two or, or five, three, something like that. And, um, you know, first game, I think the nerves got, a, got the best of me and I don't think I was quite ready at the time. And, um, you know, frustrating game because, yeah, after the first period, the Zamboni broke. And then, uh, you know, we had to sit sit in the uh, the change room for like they an hour. They only one guys, Zamboni card. Yeah, guys no. didn't want to they, – they sold the other Zamboni, I guess. <laughs> it, so, was, it was like a long delay too. It was like over an hour probably. Yeah, Murph was on my team at the time, I'm pretty sure. Murph, I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he was there. Yeah, um, we had Murph on the pod for those who don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we just sat and guys were watching golf, guys were checked out, and I was so this nervous kid being my first AHL game, but they just didn't want to be there. We're so it was it was tough and frustrating at the same time, but you know, I didn't do myself any favors that game. Yeah, and and I think it was the last game of the year, is that right? Yeah, yeah, the very last one in Wilkesbury. So yeah, everyone yeah. just wanted to get, so, get out yeah, of there. We, we weren't making stuff. playoffs. Yeah, we were dead last. So but, yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, um, that following year, you signed with South Carolina in the ECHL, and um, you played that whole season there. So do you want to talk about that year? And I'm curious if you have any, like, coast stories, anything you kind of thought of, like, this is this is Bush, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I signed an ADO with, with Hershey, and, you know, they Washington's goalie depth chart is, you know, obviously really strong. So I was down on the coast, Parker Milner, another uh, another really good goalie partner of mine at the time, and uh, – yeah, no, it was probably, like I said, with that and Adirondack, this was, you know, an awesome place to live. And the fans there are really loyal. I love playing, you know, in front of them and at home. Uh, like I said, nothing but, but great, you know, things to say about that city and that fan base. Um, not too many, actually, you know, interesting stories with that because we we had a pretty older veteran group, a lot of, you know, AHL talent and guys that, you know, played a lot of years. So we were we were pretty dominant to start the year and, and really mature and I I think we treated ourselves almost like an AHL team. Um, so there wasn't too much, you know, stupid, stupid shit going on with those guys. Um, we were, we were pretty, pretty good. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. And then uh, you kind of, once you graduated from, from the A deals, you got, you got your big ticket, your first one ever. You signed a two year NHL deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. So how did that signing come to be? Um, yeah, no, I, I got a text from, uh, Kelly McCrimmon one night, just kind of asking, you know, who, who my agent is. And, and I told him and, um, yeah, the kind of the next day he just said we had a, we had a contract offer and, you know, they want me to drive out to, uh, to Vegas. Um, so yeah, obviously I signed the, the contract right away and this is mid COVID. So they're getting, they're in the bubble, kind of getting ready for playoffs, um, in Edmonton. So I got in my car and loaded all up and drove to Vegas um, just to, to be a part of practicing with them for you know a week and a half before they took off. Yeah. And were you, were you expecting to kind of sign an NHL deal or were you like, maybe I'm not ready yet. And then it kind of got you by surprise or did you know you were, you were bound to get one pretty soon? Um, I mean, I wasn't too sure um, if I was going to sign with Vegas, um, you know, Washington um, did not make an offer with us too. Um, we decided to, to not sign it and wait and, um, you know, immediately after, like I, uh, like I said, Vegas kind of came through and, and that was when I made my decision. This is kind of where I always wanted to play and be a part of. So it was a no brainer for me. Yeah. And how, how did you kind of find that year? Um, jumping in on an NHL deal in the AHL in uh, Henderson on and off the ice. Uh, I was really fortunate, um, you know, coming in here and not many guys can just kind of walk in and kind of be given the the starting job like that and you know obviously it wasn't given to it I had to perform but you know the team trusted me you know from the very first game and you're really thankful for the opportunity and they just kind of let me run with things and you know I got to play quite a bit you know up and down with the taxi squad and switching on and off with Oscar Dance but no I was really fortunate um you know that Henderson gave me an opportunity and and I ran with it and I you know I love it here and I love being a part of this organization 
yeah, pretty, pretty sick place to live, especially like during COVID, at least you get the, the nice weather and stuff. And we can't overlook this because you were AHL goaltender of the year and AHL all rookie team, which is absolutely incredible feat, especially like first year on an NHL deal and you're pulling that off. And it's no wonder testament to yourself is why you're getting games now in the NHL. So what, what was kind of just going through your head? Like, I mean, like you said, you weren't sure kind of where your career was a few, a few years earlier when you're at Brock and then all of a sudden you're, you're the top goalie in the AHL and looking to get NHL games. I mean, yeah, I wasn't really at the time, you know, paying much attention to that. Um, I think we were, we were such a good team, um, especially the start of the year in Henderson that we, we kind of started like, you know, 10 and 0 or I don't know, something like that, something ridiculous. And we, we just had a good group of guys. We were having fun. Obviously it was the middle of COVID, but you know, we were just putting together some wins and, you know, really not giving up much. And I wasn't thinking of it at the time or even looking at stats um, and just kind of realized, you know, at the end of the year, you know, guys were saying stuff and, and yeah, and that's kind of how, you know, things kind of led to kind of where they are at now. And, but yeah, no, just that team we had was so good. And with the COVID year, a lot of guys, you know, were in and out of the lineup and, but we were, we were thank, luckily enough to be pretty loaded up with guys. And, and it was a, you know, a shorter season playing, you know, five or six teams. That's it. So, you know, you kind of get used to the same guys, you know, who you're playing against every night. So it was easy to get a, a rhythm like that. Mm-hmm. What were the COVID protocols like living wise for you? Were, were you guys able to do dinners or like enjoy the season or was it like rink and home all the time? It, it was pretty much rink and home, um, you know, dressing rooms. Uh, we couldn't have the full team. So we'd have three different dressing rooms and spread each guy out, which was, you know, kind of crappy for the guys who couldn't be in the big, the big, you know, home room. Um, and, you know, mask on at all times, you know, a certain amount of numbers and guys in the gym and, and other guys in other parts of the ring. So it was, it was frustrating like that and two buses on road trips. So, I mean, you definitely couldn't be as close as you, you know, are usually with a, with a hockey team, you know, you can't go on dinners on the road or, you know, like bonding, stuff like that. It was basically rank home and order some food, order groceries and stuff like that. Have, have you cooked anything yet since you moved out of broth? <laughs> I'm working. I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I was just wondering that one. But um, so I, I do want to talk about your time with up with the Golden Knights last year. Now, like you mentioned, you were on the taxi squad and um, that sort of stuff. And you did end up getting a couple games backing up and actually got into one game when Fleury got pulled. So um, before even we talk about that, just tell us what it was like, you know, just being a part of the the big show like that. Um, it was awesome. I mean, obviously the two goalies up there with, with Flower and Lenny at the time, um, so I was just really happy to to be on the same ice as them and, and learning um, from both of them at the same time. I mean, you're not going to kick any of those guys out of the net and take reps, right? So you just kind of got to sit there and, and wait and, and watch and kind of whenever one jumps out, you'll hop in. But um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was my first time kind of being up in the NHL. So I was just trying to take it all in and and not get too nervous, um, you know, and try to get adjusted and prove to the guys that, you know, I can stay up here uh, and skate with them. So that was kind of all my mindset was and just trying to get along with the guys. Yeah. And for the listeners and for Carzi, this is like two years after leaving Brock, by the way, like very quick upswing for you. And then, you know, Fleury wins the Vesna that year too. So you're, you're sitting there learning from a Vesna goalie as a young guy coming in. And what kinds of things you learn from Leonard and Fleury? I know you're pretty close with Leonard, aren't you? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I try to be close with everyone. I mean, he... Um, you, like, you go I boxing with him and stuff in the summer. And I, I, I went boxing with him at the start of the year. He took me to just, he, you know, we were talking about getting into it, and uh, he took me once, and it was a pretty cool experience seeing that guy box. He uh, he hits pretty hard from from what I from what I saw, so I wouldn't want to get hit by, wouldn't, wouldn't get hit by that guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you can kind of, you know, take, you know, things from each guy. I mean, Flowers, you know, super athletic, competes, and the guy, you know, is the most lovable guy in the, in the whole, you know, NHL, right. No one can say anything bad about that guy. And, and, uh, you know, Lenny just reads plays so well. And, you know, he, he uses his body. Obviously I'm not built like Leonard, but you know, there's definitely things you can steal from each guy and try to interpret it into your own game. And that was what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, you know, flower gets pulled one game, you get in in the third and shut the door, no goals again. So can you talk about that game getting in your first NHL game there? Yeah, it was uh, in Minnesota. I, I really didn't think I was going to go in. Um, you know, it was, I think it was 1-1 going in the third, and, and Flower was, was playing great. Um, you know, he was keeping us in that game, and they scored three quick ones, and they just you know, said, put your gear on, you're going in. And, yeah, I was just, you know, you know the holy shit moment, um, nervous, you know. Um, 
you know, is you don't really want to get scored on, especially, you know, I was trying to prove something to the, to these guys in the organization. So luckily I only had two saves and was able to keep them out. And we almost uh, came back and uh, won the game. What, what's going through your head after that? Like, and during like everything, tell, tell us a little more about that. Cause you're not even probably mentally prepared going into that game for, for playing. I would imagine. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it's hard, right? You, you sit there for two periods and you're kind of just, it's a one-one game. And obviously like, you're just, you know, you don't think you're going into that situation. Um, yeah, it was, you know, a little bit of, a lot of emotions were, were going through, you know, it was happy, you know, a little emotional, um, you know, there was no fans, which is, you know, is awkward for the NHL, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just trying to take it all in, you know, just realizing, you know, who you're on the ice with and, the guys are in front of you and, you know, the guys, yeah, just, you know, people I grew up watching and I'm on the ice with them. It was cool. It was experience I'll never forget. And how many, how many saves did you say you made? I think I had two. Oh, okay. yeah. I like two say, in like okay. 10 minutes or something. Didn't do much. Yeah. And your, your first game this year was against uh, Nashville. Yeah. 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 It was Nashville. I'm just curious, like who, who had the best shot in that game? And you're like, holy shit. Like <laughs> I, I saw like Forsberg's was a rocket, but like other than that, I think it has to be Forsberg. I was doing video on him before the game too. And I think he had, you know, four or five shots. I mean, it's tricky. Like he handcuffed me. He could have, like he almost scored a couple other times too. He's definitely got a really good shot and it comes off like awkward. Like even that first goal, I want to have it. I definitely want to have that one back, but it is release. It's, it's, it's something else. Mm-hmm. Duchesne had a couple of rips on you. I saw like you saved him, but um, he can, he can rifle the puck. Eh? Yeah. I mean, I, everyone in, in that league yeah yeah there's a few like, guys <laughs> like it's it's like you sit there and it doesn't matter honestly like that's the biggest difference i think between like the nhl and the american league is everyone's just so good everyone's elite right it's the best league in the world so it doesn't matter what line you're on it's if a guy gets a great a scoring chance it's 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 not easy so mm-hmm. yeah and you're you're currently up with the golden knights right now so how have you been finding things are going for you this season uh, I think I'm going really, really well so far. Um, I, I feel a lot better about my game than I did last year. Um, you know, I'm starting to get up to speed with these guys and the shots. So I, I definitely feel way better in practice. And I'm just getting my confidence up and, you know, hopefully going to be more ready. Um, you know, when my, if, if, or when that next, I get called next. So we'll, we'll see if that ever happens, but um, yeah, I just kind of want to build off my last game. Obviously it was, it wasn't horrible, but um, you know, there's definitely a lot of things I could have cleaned up for sure. Yeah, no, you look good in that game from from what I saw for sure. And I want to, I want to, I got actually got a few questions about Vegas because I wonder, is it, uh, is it weird as a goalie with the, the chrome buckets wheeling around? Like, does that ever mess with your head? No, no. I remember the, we, we have in Henderson too. And I just, I remember the first time I saw it, it, it threw me off. It's like, it's different, but no, you get used to it. You get used yeah. To it. Okay. I was going to say, like, you, you're getting a reflection from the crowd, like in your eyes. So just, a, just a, <laughs> He's a gong show, but um, also like, so you guys in Vegas, like where do all the guys live? Like how, how far away from like downtown is everyone living? Um, most guys, I want to say if they're um, on the NHL club, I'm like, I'm not hundred percent sure, but they all live in, I think like an area called Summerlin, which is around the rink. Um, mm-hmm. And there's tons of communities around there. I'm not sure kind of exactly where, most of them are, but yeah, I, I mean, they probably live, I want to say at, like, up to max five minutes from the practice rink, um, which is, and then from the strip, it's probably like a good 20 minute, 15 minute drive um, from the highway. It's all highway in Vegas here. So it's pretty easy to get everywhere here. Yeah. And for you, how, how has it been living in Vegas? Like kind of different uh, scenery than you'd see in Calgary growing up for sure. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good spot. It's fun. Um, I, I like living here and I'm kind of in the middle between, you know, Henderson and Vegas. So it's not too far to both practice rinks. So it, it's nice. Um, the weather's you know perfect here. Can't complain. Um, a lot of guys golf. So I gotta, I gotta start getting into golf because I have no golf game, but uh, no, there's tons to do. It's, it's not just the strip. People think of Vegas and they think of the strip, but there's so much more to do here. It's, it's insane. Is is there any like team rules about the strip, or is it like just go and do whatever you want? Don't be in the news. No, <laughs> no. I mean, especially right now with COVID, right? We're we're all trying to stay safe and and stay away from that. I mean, this new variant, right? It's pretty easy to get, so we all want to stay in the lineup. Especially you know me, right? I don't want to. I'm trying to soak this all in as long as I can. So I, I'm trying not trying to you know catch it and and have to sit out for you know five days. So yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we'll, we'll take it into a couple personality questions here, get to know you a little bit. 
Uh, how would your teammates describe you? Um, I think I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I mean, I like to, you know, be jo- like joking around and, and not too serious, especially now on game day. I try to you know, keep things loose. Um, but, you know, obviously when, when it's game time, I can dial it in and, and be pretty, you know, on my game and, and like this, you know, stay focused for that, for that 60 minutes. Actually, I have like a follow-up question. Now we know all of us who play hockey, like everyone knows goalies are generally pretty weird and strange. And from what I remember with ULT, you were always like super chill. Like the one goalie I, I could talk to on a game day and he, you know, you wouldn't get mad. Um, so what's it like with the NHL guys, like um, with Leonard and when you're with Flurry and stuff, like are the, how are those guys on a game day? Oh, they're, they're all super chill. I mean, even, you know, this year with Lenny and, and, and LB, like Briswahi, uh, they're all really chill guys. And I mean, I think that's the whole team, right? There's no one that's, you know, they're, they've been, most guys have been doing this now for so many years. So it's just another, you know, their game, it's their jobs. They, they're all, you know, elite professionals. They know how to handle themselves. They know how to get ready for a game or get ready for a game. And it's, uh, it's cool to watch. And that's, you know, hopefully where I want to be, you know, in a couple of years where just, just come to the rank and, and just get ready for a game like they do so casual and, and they're all, you know, elite, elite players. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the personality questions. How do you eat a cupcake? How do I, I peel the, the paper off it and, and eat it. <laughs> do you eat it from like the bottom, the top, the side? Like what do you do? The middle, I think. And you just okay. bite into it. <laughs> okay. <And> just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what's your favorite thing to do outside of hockey Ooh, um i mean in the war i'm really into warzone right now so i've been, been crushing i got a pc so i've been crushing a lot of warzone on, on the pc lately it's it's a big one for me okay um are you getting into the wines at all like are you no, a wine guy no no no, no I'm, a, I'm a bud light type of guy still <laughs> <laughs> but you like to flex bottles of wine on the insta sometimes or what no, no, no. I think maybe back like mid COVID, I was like trying to, but I was a pretender. I can't do it. <laughs> okay. Um, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Ghost what, tattooed on you? A ghost? No, I have a, I have a no. <laughs> no Where did you, you get that like, from? Like, Rask? What? Yeah. <laughs> no, don't you have like a ghost face on on your arm or something? No, I have a. I have a, like a face on my arm it's not a, it's not a ghost face okay <laughs> I, hey, all right all right i've been seeing your arm in a while <laughs> um there's a there's a haunted museum here actually in vegas i went to it's pretty cool zach bagan's like uh, haunted museum it's a cool spot just actually went there the other day okay interesting yep. you'll, you'll have to take yep. me in cards out there um of course. <laughs> do you like pineapple on pizza i don't hate it i mean i would order it but i wouldn't take it off yeah okay i, I like it um all right this one's a good one if you were stuck on an island for a month with three other members of the vegas golden knights who would you want them to be like henderson and vegas or is it just vegas yeah uh let's make it the whole organization um probably will carrier for one because that guy i mean i don't like i said i'm just starting to get to know him but he's fixing everything in the dressing room it's really like he's really handy um it's impressive um Probably Ian McCoshin down in Henderson because he's uh, he's just massive, massive human. So he can uh, do all the lifting and stuff like that for sure. And uh, probably a guy like, you know, Paul Cotter just down in Henderson as well. Just someone who can make you laugh and, you know, do stupid shit. So you definitely need one of those guys with you. Yeah. And you, you might need uh, that Lowen guy too. That Jimmy. guy. <laughs> if, if you want a big body, bring that guy in. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah, Maynard's a big boy. Yeah. I For sure. ask. I I played this guy in the uh, uh, what in like the prospect showcase or whatever, and I was like, or I actually didn't play that game. I was I was injured, but I was just watching, and I was like genuinely scared for the guys out there. This guy's like he is huge, and he's just a yeah. man, and he's running guys over too that night. So, I yeah, mind. he's the, he's the nicest human being um, ever. But yeah, when he when he's playing a game, he's. Uh, He's an animal for sure. He runs around. He does his job yeah. really well. Yeah, I was yeah. I was scared a bit from the crowd, so I mean. <laughs> but um, we're going to go into the this or that question. So I'm going to give you two options. You pick whatever one uh, suits you best. So we'll start off pizza or burgers. Pizza. Hot weather, cold weather. Hot weather. Poker or blackjack? Blackjack. Nice. Chipotle <laughs> or freshy? Chipotle. <laughs> Black tape or white tape? 
White tape. Cardio or weights? <laughs> Neither. Neither. I was just about to say that too because the next question coming up later on here um Netflix or YouTube uh YouTube small town or big city big city all right that wraps it up for this or that this week yeah um a couple fan questions have you made any big purchases since being up in the NHL getting some money uh I wouldn't say since I was in the NHL I bought a new car but it's not that wasn't with my my NHL money. I just just bought a new car. Yeah. Okay. There you got Hendo money. You're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't have a signing bonus, right? No, I got a signing bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I got two okay. two years of signing bonus. Yeah. Okay. Um, there you go. Well, yeah. LTR our partners at the Gavin Hockey Ball Specialists. They uh, we work with them former hockey players who manage finance for tons of NHL players, tons of former guests of the podcast for us and. Um, they're the best in the business. They'll help you out with taxes and help you out with, you know, setting you up so you don't have to work for a day in your life when you retire from hockey. So uh, for you, for listeners, check them out, gavingroup.ca. Um, and uh, do you have any superstitions? I think I used to. Um, definitely when I was uh, junior and at uh, Brock, but I'm slowly starting to kind of, you know, get rid of them and just, just come to the rink and be loose and play. Yeah. Um, Someone you may know asks, where is the gym located at Brock? <laughs> uh, it's the, the left side of the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, who, who do you think asked that? Oh, was it cooler? It know. was Lois. Lois, oh yeah, or Lois, yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, and one more here, you know, Going uh being undrafted in the NHL and then going to Brock, did you ever give up on your NHL dreams? Um, yeah, I think after my 20 year old year and being told that, uh, especially with from Washington, you know, saying, you know, like thanks for coming basically and you know, go to school. I think that's kind of when you got to sit down and realize, like, okay, it's not in the books, not in the cards, and just gonna, you know, go get education. And, and so I still wanted to play pro, um, didn't know if that was you know, overseas or gonna be in the coast, so I. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of when I realized that, you know, the NHL won't, you know, won't be a thing and, and look, start looking at, you know, different possibilities. Wow. Well, Definitely. obviously, yeah. Like I was, just, you're obviously way off the mark on that one. Cause, uh, where mm-hmm. you're sitting today, but, uh, I kind of just want to get your take on something that's going on right now. Obviously Raskin's dealing a lot with it, with, uh, U sports being shut down and like them not being considered elite athletes. Have you heard much on that? Yeah, I mean that that stuff uh, is is obviously really shitty. Um, you know, I, I saw it um, the day I made my debut, so I was you know kind of you know thinking about other stuff, but I definitely saw it all over social media. Um, it's it's unfortunate, and I feel for those players. So, you know, um, you know, I, I think if the OUA is going to do that, I, I think that they should let the guys go to the coast, and if they want to come back, then let them. If they want to come back to school after, um, if that's the case, um, you know. I don't know kind of what's going on if they're going to reopen it or let the players come back or if they're done for good, but it's, it's really unfair to, to say they're non, you know, elite athletes. Cause you know, a lot of these guys are playing major junior when they're 20 year old. So how are they not elite, you know, as soon as they graduate um, from, you know, major junior. Um, yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I, I'm lucky because, you know, you, I wait a year and I'd be in the same boat as those players. And, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, here sitting with you guys today. So it, it, I feel for them and it's really unfortunate. And I'm hoping that, you know, the OUA can do something to, to help these players out. Yeah. I actually, I heard the, the CEO of the OUA said that uh, he wants to allow the people who signed pro for this year to come back to finish this season and for next season. But he said it's like a U sports decision. So they're sending up the ladder and seeing if everyone approves or whatever. But anyway, yeah, so we'll see. But I, I do agree. It is a bit ridiculous that we can't be playing right now. And I don't know. It sucks. I mean, and- that's, that's how it should be. Cause I mean, if, if they're, it's not like the players are choosing to not play, they're shutting the doors on them, basically forcing them. If their schooling is online, I would go play in the coast too, if that mm-hmm. was my only option. So they're, their hands are kind of being forced. I don't want to sit at home and do online school all day and not play hockey. So they should let them go play for a bit, then come back if, if they choose to do so. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we've said to every player too. On And you know, on our team that have left, like they all come in and they chat about it. And Kevin, myself, like, it's just go ahead. Like we're not going to hold you and let you not play games. Like yeah. go, go play games. So 
Uh, yeah, the cards, I'll flip it back to you. Yeah, like, that's what I was saying, too. And LT's, like, a big – like, he's, like, the main catalyst for that now, too. Like, a guy who's there two years ago and now playing in the NHL, like, it just goes to show you that, like, obviously they're elite. If you're going to make the jump to the National Hockey League from U Sports, it's an elite level of hockey. And saw it, Sauzy, the guy I met at Sharks Camp as well, he just did the same thing. Yeah, I think it was at University of Alberta not too long ago. Yeah. And then just – just got into his first NHL game too. So it's, it's and, happening. And you, yeah. And you look at, you know, Joel Ward, my you know assistant coach on Henderson, right. He came from CIS and he, you know, played how many games in the NHL, how many hundreds of games in the NHL. Right. And then yeah. and same with Derek Ryan. Right. So those are two guys that had really good careers and one's still playing and, and one's coaching the American hockey league now. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely something that needs to, be handled and i think rask just needs to do a better job speaking yeah, to, well hey, what is he doing he's, he's spending too much time on his podcast not like, <laughs> <laughs> hey if, if the oua wants to put me in charge of men's hockey or women's hockey whatever like go ahead i'll take that job i'm saying it right now i think that's all we got for you here uh, i just want to say thanks so much for taking the time to come on today and uh all the best going forward can't wait to see you in some more games soon yeah, yeah no no problem guys so really happy to be on here thanks thanks for allowing me yeah, it's good seeing you too again, LT. Actually, one quick last one. I know I saw in one picture you had the flow going out the helmet. Are, are you going to grow that back or what went on there? Yeah, uh, I'll probably grow it back. It was my uh, uh, it was my um, my COVID hair. Like you should see my you should see my mug shots from first year Vegas camp to lot to like this this year Vegas. It's pretty pretty neat. Kind of what happens in a year, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, I cut it off. Guys are giving me a hard time. My goalie coach, uh, Rosati, here in, in Vegas is giving me a hard time about it, so I just chopped it off. Restart. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah, LT, I appreciate you coming on. It's good seeing you again. It's exciting time for you right now and for us at Brock and all that. We're all watching you. So, yeah, I mean, good luck the rest of the year, and we'll keep in touch. I'm looking forward to watching you playing the show again soon. Yeah, I uh, really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, and thanks, LT, for that one. Um, just a good old Western boy. Uh, so it's, uh, I thought it was a great interview and I, I hope the fans really enjoyed it. What'd you think of that, Raz? Yeah, it was good catching up with him. Um, I love him and I'm happy that he's in the NHL now. Like, it's pretty crazy. You know, you, when I walk in the rink at Brock every day and I see, I see the boys, like, you don't really think, okay, like which one of you is going to be in the NHL soon. Right. Like, that's not, you're, you're just, everyone's here to get their education and stuff. And it, it was crazy how quick his come up was right out of Brock. I mean, like two, two years till his first NHL game. And now he's starting a year later and it is cool, man. And, and a good story. And, you know, it just shows to, um, he never got drafted to the NHL, right? Like you don't need to be drafted. There's so many guys that aren't drafted that make it and, and that aren't signed that make it. Maybe they get drafted. They, their team doesn't sign them. They move on and, you know, they still find a way. So it, it is a good lesson on, on, perseverance there and never giving up and actually speaking of perseverance it brings me to this one message we got on the instagram that i'd like to read um a guy named josh sent it to us he asked us to share it so i'll just read it hey boys my name is josh price i'm from a little town outside of ottawa called kempville and i'm a big fan of the show i'm here to show attention on an amazing story my girlfriend's name is chloe lewis and she's an assistant captain of the u18 double a rito st lawrence thunder in 2017, Chloe tragically lost her brother to suicide. This hit Chloe very hard, and ever since then, she's worked hard every day to reach her dream of playing in the Olympics. Throughout these past couple of years, she has faced so much adversity and continues to push forward. I think her story is a great one on perseverance. Thank you very much for looking at this message and keep up the great work. So obviously, to Chloe, like keep it up. It'd be it'd be unreal. Go to the Olympics. You know, it's a tough story. I'm sorry for your family and for all that, but. Don't, don't let it get to you. Sounds like Chloe's got a good head on her shoulders. Keep plowing forward, make the Olympics. And yeah, I just wanted to share that. It was a nice message we got. And, you know, if anyone wants to message us with stories or just like message, why not? Like, go ahead. We, we read all our messages. So I uh, want to thank Josh for sending that one in. But um, I guess at this part of the episode, we've been going a bit. So what, what do we have? Anything else here, Cards? No, um, I guess we can pretty much wrap it up. 
All right, it's minus 15 here. You want to give a quick weather report and, and go for it? Yeah, here's a better weather report. It's minus 30 today in Barrie. So uh, <laughs> I I got to go and start my car right now. I got the uh, the old Jeep. I had to get fixed up again. New spark plugs for me. So I'm going to go start it up about 30 minutes in advance today. So uh, so I'm not stuck here in my driveway missing my workout. But uh, no, it was great to catch up. Uh, thought it was a great interview this week and uh no everyone just prepare for the the cold weather if if you're a big odr guy i know a lot of people are during lockdown just be careful wear your balaclava wear your scarf or whatever you gotta do so you don't have frostbite and uh, make sure those fingers can tap play on next week's episode we'll see you then